Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, cats, cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. Rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. It is May 12th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM. Look out. A little delayed on the roll call there, big guy. Yeah, was it? Me ever so slightly. Dramatic suspense, I suppose. Yeah. Just getting excited. Fired up for... uh... Old, old Thursday edition of KRC. Uh, How could you not be? How could you not be? For the next exactly. two hours, we've got you locked in, ready to rock and roll. Thornton's text line is open, as it is 24-7, but it's on and popping. Go on, send your text in, 502-414-1450. Just like most Thorntons. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them are open 24-7. So get you a, get you a donut today. I think... I think today might be a Thornton's day after this show. So I'm feeling froggy. Feeling froggy. You deserve it. Uh, our producer is Justin Kalen. Justin, how are you? I am pretty phenomenal. Uh, for the first time since I initially got sick on Sunday last night, I slept all the way through the night. But that came after some frustrations. Did either of you all know that the East End Bridge is closing at night? Either of you? No. Uh, I did see some tweets about that last night, but I didn't know if that was just like a one-time thing or so they're doing it for a while. I have no idea. I have to I have to know the specifics. If anybody knows the specifics of the East End Tunnel, please let me know because it was super frustrating last night. I left work, got all the way to the East End Bridge, only to find out it was closed. Had to turn around and go 71 to freaking downtown. Oh, it was a mess. I was so mad. Didn't even get to watch Survivor because I got home at like after 10:30. I was gonna get home before 10. Pretty annoying. Oh, uh, it was it was a doozy too, Justin. Uh, please oh, don't please one. don't ruin it. Please, that's yeah, one thing really I beg. Was. Don't ruin it. You know what my favorite part of travel was, TJ? <laughs> well, I couldn't believe that they just decided to eliminate three people last night. Crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. 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 Like, <laughs> pew, 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 right down the list. Uh, no, Justin, we won't spoil, but uh, I hope the – It, hope the it was good, though. Line, Thornton's text line, obey Justin's wishes. No spoilies. No all right? spoilies. Please. Justin, I always worry when 
whenever we say something on the show. Like, I, know. I don't want this to happen. There's a, Your brother will send in a full show recap. Well, the thing I think you got to be more concerned about with my brother is a fake spoiler. That's true. That's true. I think he'll send in something to make it seem like it's real and it ended up not being real. Yeah, you're right. Let's see. A quick Twitter search says, no access to Gene Snyder North after US-42 due to northbound tunnel closure starting at 7 p.m. Wednesday through 5 a.m. Friday. Inspections are taking place tonight and Friday night. Motorists needing to cross into Indiana can use 71 South at 65. Oh, so I only have one more night yeah, of it. Yeah, so Perfect. it's... it's that's actually, what it seems like. Yeah. Cool. There you go. Cool. So watch out for that. Just said it was wanna... through Wednesday. So I think yep. you're actually done. Monday through Wednesday is what I'm seeing. Mm. Oh, well, Mo Rose had that other thing. Northbound is um, Thursday through Saturday. So going the other I direction. I need Let's to go northbound. Going northbound right? Yeah, exactly. Well, then why would you? I don't know. I'll send you the article, Scoots. You can read it. Okay. It's hard to read and talk at the same time. I've learned. <laughs> <sighs> but, well, I hope everybody's having a good start to their day. There's plenty to get to on today's show. It's uh, we're, we're kind of in that horse racing limbo where we started the week talking about it. We're not going to finish the week talking about it. No. Nope. But next week, as we get closer to the Preakness, Roush will probably heat that back up a little bit. Yep, yep. Uh, we did get the drug test back, though. No dopers this year. No junkie horses running in our Kentucky Derby. Get them the hell out of here. So uh, we don't have to deal with any sort of uh, weird lingering suspensions with Rick strikes. So that was encouraging here yesterday. Um, might be back at the track tonight, though. It's back open for not dollar beer night. It's $2 beer night now. Uh, Churchill's got to pay for that paddock somewhere. So we got to have $2 beers, $1 beer night, and it's now gone from $5 to get into the racetrack up to 7 So they're, they're nickel and diamond their way to that $200 million to build that coliseum in the middle of the paddock. Do you think – so I know everybody knows where Nick Roush stands on Churchill Downs and their pricing, especially the direct direction that the pricing is going. We talk about – you have mentioned that they're – basically trying to outprice the average fan, the common fan, and all that stuff. Uh, normally, those sentiments you've had have been specifically around Derby and Derby Week. Do you think right. they're just trying to start attacking you on the on the day-to-day, -day, on the it's, average? I feel like it's a direct shot at me. In fact, uh, they, they saw my paddock uh, piece on uh, KSR and were very angry. So, like, we got to jack the prices up just to really stick it to them. Um, I, I actually – like the dollar beer thing, I knew that it was only it was only going to last for so long. I mean, any place that has a night like that, it's eventually going to go up at some point. I'm not mad about that. I'm more annoyed by the raise and just the cost to get in because, I mean, it was $2 at every racetrack for years and years and years because the whole point is to not – the whole point is just to get people in the door. You don't you just get them in. That, that's the entire point because once they get in, they're going to spend money. So I don't, that's the part I don't, I don't really understand. Like, why are you making it more dip? Like what, why are you uh, dipping into my wagering and my concessions budget? You know, I know it's only a beer uh, if for a Thursday night's sake, but instead of $10 to get in downs after dark, it's now 14. So like, I, I, I just don't understand 
why they're getting away from that philosophy. I guess they realize like we've already got them. They're going to come no matter what. But I just that, that that's it's it's just, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. What if they are saying? I'm curious what you think about this. If they're saying, listen. This has been super successful. We make a lot of money off these dollar beer nights or twilight raisings or whatever it is. We we do pretty well with these. The only issue with them, they're too darn crowded. Like there's we're getting to the point where there's not even walking room anymore, and the lines for the dollar beers go stretch down all the way to the 16th pole, and it it the, mm-hmm. it's just getting too much. So what if we up the prices a little bit, and maybe that'll keep a little bit of the riffraff out? I I don't think that that's the the strategy behind it. Um, and I also don't think that $2 is enough to keep the riffraff out. I just think they know that they can, I think this is a, a price point that they know they won't scare people off every day. Uh, they're totally fine with scaring away the riffraff off on Derby weekend. I think that I actually believe that strategy is a, a fact. Um, I think it used to be $10 to get in the Oaks infield and now it's 50 or something. I, I think that was intentional. Um, obviously inflation prices are going to go up over the years, but I, I, I think it has been intentional to price out the riffraff on Derby weekend. Uh, but I, I don't think that's the case on the regular race days because a lot of the, 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 the handle that they're normally ripping from isn't from uh big suit horseman. It's just from Joe gambler that is doing a lot, spending a lot of time at the VFW afterwards, you know? So I, I, I don't think that's the case. Um, but I, I, I do think they're smart in saying, we've got some good things going. We can squeeze a couple more bucks out of them. Why not? I don't know. I, I, I get it from both angles. You wish in a perfect world Churchill Downs could just be very affordable uh, despite what their derby prices are. But I also enjoy, I, and I'm, I'm not nearly as much as a regular as you are, but the times I've gone to night racing or – just the random, whether it's like a Mother's Day or something like that at Churchill Downs. It's been enjoyable. The complaint is sometimes just too crowded, lines too long. So if they're making an effort to maybe make things less crowded, I'm not so much against that. But I kind of agree with you. I don't think a dollar is really going to move the attendance all that much, and that's probably why they did it, to be honest with you. You know what would make me okay with all of it if they said, hey – we're raising it $2 because we want to pay our workers more. Or also, we're just, we want more workers to be there so you don't have to wait in long lines. Because I, I agree with you. I think it's not like they don't have the capacity to hold the crowd. They just don't ever have enough people uh, working at those times to, to, to be able to facilitate it to where you got to be stuck in line. So if they'd be raising the prices for that reason, then I'm all for it. That's a good point, and that could kind of be easy to explain. Hey, we're raising these prices so the lines actually go down. We'll hire more people. We'll have more vendors. We'll have more food trucks. We'll we'll spread things out more. We can open up more spaces of the track with this extra. Then I think folks would be like, okay, I'll pay an extra, a buck for a beer, now two bucks for a beer. That's not the end of the world. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And there would be if they, if they phrased it like that, it wouldn't be so bad. But almost a perfect segue in terms of, Support staff, the numbers, the uh, do they need more? Because the NCAA Roush is asking that same thing right now. Yeah, they uh, 
<laughs> this is weird. Justin, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Have you heard I, about this? No, I have not. No, I'm, I'm hanging on a bated breath here. It's uh, it's pretty remarkable because a lot of the reason why they have these restrictions, TJ, it's I mean, it goes back to uh, Bear Bryant. Uh, they had to place an 85 scholarship limit because he would just take he would have 60 people in every recruiting class and then figure out which ones are good and then let the rest of them quit. And back in the day, most of them quit. They didn't transfer. They just would stop playing football. Uh, they did that because the, the haves were just hogging up all the good players and it made, it made for an unfair advantage. Well, now they're considering lifting those scholarship uh, limits and also the amount of, on court assistance. Now, I believe is this only for basketball, or are they considering it for all sports? I was under the impression it was for all sports. Okay, football, ja in Jack's post, he just phrased it under basketball. the The big thing that the support staffs, I, I would like. I think I'm for it, TJ, because I think it would help Kentucky. But at the same time, how, how big is your budget going to be? At least UK's in a good spot in the SEC. But this this seems like a pretty wild uh, idea and very anti what we're used to seeing from the NCAA. Yeah, a lot of people are guessing that it has something to do with like antitrust laws and, and kind of where maybe some court cases could potentially be heading. And by doing this, it, it covers the NCAA's butt in some regards. I don't know. Maybe somebody that is more legally versed could – fill us in on why the NCAA would be doing this. But that's that was kind of my preliminary reading, is that the reason they're doing this is because if the NCAA eventually tries to come down and control nil to some extent or do this or do that by not limiting how many players can play and all that stuff, I, I don't get it. I totally don't understand it. Stand it. Stuart Mandel had something great for avoiding antitrust issues, nightmare for whatever's left of parity. Uh, he he discussed it as well, and I've seen other people touch on that exact same point. So, again, I don't understand why that is, why it's great for avoiding antitrust issues. But with anything with the NCAA, while it may seem random or stupid or just out of left field, there is a rhyme and reason for it. The only issue with the NCAA is so many times their rhyme and reasonings are are bust. They're terrible. Right, they make right. you know they don't they don't really address the actual issue. They're skirting around something. So maybe that's exactly what's going on here. All I know, though, is if you don't have scholarship limits and you don't have coaching limits, if folks think it's the wild, wild west right now or we're already entering into the wiki, wiki, wild, wild west, well, it's only going to get wikier and wilder the more that, that this goes into Ooh. place. Now, what I think would end up happening, Roush, is it would fall back onto the conferences to make their own rules for this, and that way the NCAA can say, hey, you know what? We we're open to whatever. We never we never said that you can't have ninety two players or on your basketball team if you don't want them. Those are conference rules. So you're gonna if you got any legality issues, you can take it up with the conferences. Because I can't imagine the SEC is going yeah. to say, all right, unlimited coaches, unlimited scholarship players, and then Alabama has a support staff coach for every single player on their team, a nutritionist, <laughs> and you know, like everybody's gonna have their own personal. And then Vanderbilt's going to be like, well, we we're just at the regular amount of coaches. We 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 don't we can't do that. We 
we can't bring in all these players. We can't bring in all these people. And then the my first thought too, and I think anybody's mind can run to a million different places when they hear that the NCAA is considering eliminating scholarship numbers so you can have as many people on the team as you want and coaching restrictions so you can have as many coaches as you want. People's minds can run a million different places on what this could mean or what this could do, but it would be a total disaster if it was just okay. Well, this is the new reality. Go ahead and hire ninety well, coaches if you need to. It would so, be a complete mess. Now I've got my hamster wheels are turning. You know, the half cup of coffee is starting to kick in, and I'm starting to connect to some other uh, kind of talking points, some other things that are happening in the NCAA, and so I think. I think this is uh, another step, TJ, uh, to the to the big break, the big break that people have alluded to. Uh, it, it was a big uh, – I forget what started it, and it was the first, like, we're in trouble. Let's just break away from the NCAA. Like, and that, that was kind of dumb. But I, I think if you look at the, um, at the actual dots to connect here – they, they they started they're allowing conferences to dictate how they're going to determine their their college championship game which is going to change the scheduling but there was there's some scuttlebutt that a potential break off to like this super league the college football super league if you will not the european soccer super league but to have the acc sec big 10 and pac 12 the, their 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 tv deals kind of run up around the same time around 2030 this is a way for the NCAA to pass off more power to conferences, and then the conferences can kind of get on the same page on how they want to do things. And I think where it would work best in in this example, uh, because obviously I, I don't think a conference is going. They're just going to if the NCAA says we're removing restrictions, conferences are going to place their own. Now they, but the thing is, is conferences. The the biggest problem with the NCAA right now is they're dealing with like Bellarmine is a part of their umbrella and so is Alabama. You know, and that's that's kind of apples and oranges. And so they have to treat them the same way. Baseball programs could be able to give 25 scholarships instead of 14 and a half now. You could be able to do that in the SEC where you can't do that in the Sun Belt. So if if done if you have the right leadership at the conference level, which I think at least the SEC does, and Greg Sankey, I don't, I don't know as much about the other ones because it's a bunch of new guys on the block, but it actually could end up being a good thing where now you don't have coaches trying to blackmail over other coaches over whether their GA was running practice or not. You know, like dumb stuff like that where Kentucky has a special teams coach, but they don't have a special teams coach, quote unquote. You, you don't have to do all this dumb. Uh, kind of jumping through hoops to abide by rules. If your conferences are meeting the needs of your 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 member schools, lot to lot to take in there. I thought there were some good points. I thought there were some things I may need additional clarification on. I, I do I do think that that's an interesting last point that you had brought up. Uh, that's that will be a good thing. That's a that's a positive aspect of all this. Is that. Uh, the old song and dance of filling out the the staff and then support staff and who exactly is doing what and what titles you can give and what titles you can't. It'll be nice not to have to worry about that. But you mentioned all the other conferences. Mm -hmm. And it's a good point because my initial reaction was, okay, well, conferences aren't going to just let teams have 
just run wild. They're going to make their own rules. This is what the NCAA wants them to do. And you kind of agreed with it, but you you did bring up something else that kind of took my brain down a different path, and that is the arms race that is conferences in college athletics. What if the SEC says, okay, well, we're not going to let Alabama have 150 kids on their football team. We're clearly going to make some restrictions here. Uh, we're going to set the scholarship limit at 90 or whatever number they decide to to pick. Mm-hmm. But what's to stop the ACC or the Pac-12 being like, okay, well, we'll we'll do 115. Like, you know, we'll, we'll get <laughs> right, more. Right. We'll be able to have more talent in, in this pool. So that, that's why I thought it was interesting you bring up the Super League. I have been the a huge proponent of, like, college college football – in 10, 15 years, going to look really different. There's going to be, it's going to be like NFL light and it's going to be driven mainly by the SEC. Maybe a college football super league will happen where there is an alliance, the alliance between, remember the alliance between the ACC and yeah, the Big that, 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 that was cute. Yeah. And well, the SEC is getting too strong. We all need to stick together. Well, the, the thing is, though, is like all of those, the people that did the alliance thing, they they're all new commissioners. They've only been on the job a year or two. And the Pac-12 guy Kliakov, he came from the casino business. You know, like Kevin Warren came from the NFL. I want to say like he doesn't have a college administrative background. So it's a lot of people that are new on the job, and they just don't want Greg Sankey to make them look bad. But like they should all kind of uh, kind of be following his lead. They don't have to. But if you keep if you keep these leagues at least on the same page, relatively speaking, where, uh, all right, well, instead of 10 uh, on-field coaches, you have 15, and instead of three basketball, you have five. All of those schools have enough resources to keep up with that. Uh, but once it once you drop off a little bit, like you can't do that in the American. The new Big 12, probably not either. So that, that's, where, that's where this is uh, the kind of big brain – I don't know the actual what the final product's going to look like, and you kind of alluded to that too, TJ. But this is so, certainly a piece of the puzzle that needed to happen for for the for the next big step to happen is for the NCAA to finally delegate more power over to individual conferences, which on the face should help the individual sports at each different level because they don't all have to try to act like that. Your your center colleges are on the same playing field as U of L. Yeah, I agree with your overall sentiment that with some leadership and people working together on this, this actually could be a really nice thing, at least for the the big boys, the power conferences, because you did bring up a good point that that and that was another place when I first read this. I was like, oh well you know what people are gonna freak out about this, but could be great news for baseball. Uh, baseball at a lot mm-hmm. of places is a moneymaker I shouldn't say a lot of places, but there's plenty of places where the baseball program turns a profit. That can't be said about a lot of athletic programs, regardless of sports, regardless of schools. But uh, it can be it can be profitable. It can be successful. It is in a lot of places already. And it's kind of ridiculous that you have people, members of that team, that to some degree maybe are either paying for their tuition entirely or some of their tuition they're not always all getting the same nil deals as star basketball football players at their respected schools. So that's bogus, and I'm glad that that's going to get changed. But it did bring me to something that you brought up, and that is 
well, smaller conferences may not be able to promise those scholarships. They aren't turning profits in really any of their athletic programs, uh, maybe football at some places, but a lot of them, no, they're, they're having to take money out of the university or it's a separate budget. And that they, I, I wonder what that would mean for small conference baseball yeah, when probably fewer big sports. power school could go, you know, 30 scholarships, 40 scholarships. I don't know how, exactly how many people are on a, ba- a college baseball team. And then your Bellarmines and play Northern Kentuckys, they're still struggling to, you know, do the 15 and a half scholarships or whatever the number's at. Yeah, yeah. And the especially for, you know, your more expensive, larger sports, um, like lacrosse, you know, it'll hurt that sport at a smaller level. Uh, because they got so many people, there's so much equipment, like stuff like that. Um, I would think hockey would struggle. You, th- that's where you would you would limit your opportunities in your smaller sports. Uh, but I I do at least think though that you could have kind of niche conferences for stuff like that. Though I mean, it it, it wouldn't be as uh, ubiquitous everywhere but like some things have become regional anyway like wrestling is big in big 10 country because that's a kind of a you know it's cold up there you got to do something inside so i i think to a degree uh it's it's already happened but you're right there's there's no way around it the more the college sports industry becomes a big billion bajillion cavillion babillion dollar industry the more the the trickle down hurts the little guy yeah, at what point? That's what I was going to bring up. At, at what point does the NCAA make rules that benefit the lower tiered teams as well? I mean, because everything they've done the last few months has is, is only affected the big boys, the blue buds, the the huge programs. At what point does that trickle down to those little schools? I mean, I, I have no dog in the fight. I'm not a little school guy, but it just seems unfair. Was it fair prior? A pri- uh, I mean, it was more fair prior to the transfer portal and and nil and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Because now, I mean, you've got the you've got those players from those little schools. Oh, transfer portal's an option. Let me go that route. Whereas they would have never done that. So that rule, more specifically, has hurt the little schools more so than anything else. Yeah, well, I mean, but Justin, to that point, I get what you're saying. To that point, I think Kentucky has like a hundred and forty million dollar basketball budget. Mm-hmm. I think everybody was talking about how like St. Peter's basketball budget was like seven or six million or something right. like that. Yeah. Like, is that already fair? I mean, yeah, no. You know, no. Like that, that. Now, what you can make a case that Kentucky, over the course of decades and decades and decades, have has built to have that budget where sure. St. Peter's has been playing basketball significantly fewer years. So yeah, you got to kind of work towards that stuff. This would, if you're gonna do a scholarship thing. The bigger conferences could theoretically, at least in terms of competitiveness, could put some of the smaller conferences, quote unquote, out of business. Now, I think some people are going to smile at what I'm about to say, quote unquote, out of business in terms of competing with the bigger conferences, which is already an uphill battle, an uphill climb. That's not going like that's still going even in a perfect world, if the big conferences come out and they say, you know, what, we're going to make everything even, we're going to keep everything the same that it was. We want the smaller schools and smaller conferences to have a chance against us. Even if they do that, well, as I already mentioned, there's some built in 
inherent advantages that the bigger schools that they have. So, but let's say the the bigger conferences decide, you know what, we want to kill them. We don't want these smaller conferences to even be close. We're going to make scholar, we're going to add scholarships in every sport. Baseball, we're going to make it so players would rather just get a free tuition riding the pine at a big school than go into a smaller school and being the the big dog on campus because they're going to have to pay for their way or whatever they may come up with. At a minimum, at a minimum, and I think this is going to make people happy, you could have the smaller schools, the Bellarmines, the Northern Kentuckys, the Moorhead States, the Murray States. Couldn't it just almost default back to like what college sports were intended to be? Like where you're like, all right, you know, only 10 people on this team are on scholarship, but these kids just love playing baseball. So that while they're in college, they just want to go out there and they play baseball. They don't care about nil. They don't care about scholarships. They just want to go out there and play. So I think you could almost see the smaller schools stick to more of the bona fide amateur blood that was college athletics for 70 to 100 years. And the bigger schools turn more into businesses where, hey, we're making our own rules. We're just rolling in money. And we'll distribute this among the schools. People are getting paid. Players are getting paid. There's advertising deals. And that turns more into power conference, big wig sports, and your love of the amateur game, which you hear that commercial all the time on big exports radio. That's your smaller D1 schools, uh, your, your Bellarmines, as I've mentioned now six times. Thoughts? I, I, don't, I don't know if they can have – particular rules to throw them a bone but i would just say that the what's driving all of this is tv revenue and that tv revenue has trickled down to help places like northern kentucky go d1 and make the ncaa tournament and help inject some money into that school because they they want to cut they've been in the ncaa tournament twice in the last four years same thing with bellerman and the the there still is a – I think to your point, Justin, how does it help them and not hurt them? The more the rich get richer, uh, that money does eventually get to the next level. And it's mostly because I, I think the biggest thing that you can't have here, TJ, is you can't have a complete and utter breakoff where you've got to make sure you preserve the NCAA tournament because that is the one thing keeping a lot of those smaller schools uh, – keeping money in their pockets and allowing there to be, uh, uh, even though it's it's a one-off a lot of times, but like, you know, not that long ago, Coastal Carolina won a college world series from the Sunbelt Conference. So uh, you, you still have your big runs that produce a lot of money for the smaller schools. And as long as you can keep that to where that's possible uh, and, and this breakup, potential breakup between the big conferences is only in football, then I think it's possible. But uh, to your point, though, Justin, you are right. Like a lot of this stuff, it's it's really just uh, making the imbalance that has always existed clear. Like it's 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 we're not going to try to hide the fact that the enormous state institutions with sixty thousand students on them are the same as the twelve hundred student liberal arts college because they're just not the same, they, and they shouldn't be treated the same. Well, and maybe in those pay for play games where Kentucky brings in, say, a St. Peter's to Rupp Arena, instead of paying them five hundred thousand, maybe pay them one point five mil. That might help balance the scales a little bit. Just just give them a little more to come play and get their butt kicked. 
Well, and, and they would in theory too, if you're if if the big dogs are making more money, you know, sure. like yeah. it, it's got to go somewhere. The market rate's going to go up somewhere. So uh, it may not be that right away, but it would eventually get to that because I don't think when Kentucky was scheduling uh, Northeast Louisiana in the mid '90s, that team was getting a million dollars to come play Kentucky. It was probably more like you know, 150,000 or something. It eventually goes up, and, uh, and and I think that would be the case here. We're long overdue for a break. We'll take that. Just a few uh, a few quick cleanup things. It, it, it is all fascinating. It could go in different – it could go in a bunch of different ways where they say, all right, basketball, we got a pretty good system set up right now. Let's keep the scholarship numbers the same, the coaching stuff the, the same, and hopefully in a perfect world, while nil will widen the gap between the haves and the have-nots, the tournament's just – it's five basketball players going out there playing against five other basketball players. Yep. The tournament's wildly successful. Let's try to keep this intact, but then I could see in another angle the SEC, you know, calling the Pac-12 and the ACC and saying, should we just go ahead and corner the market on football on this? Let's go ahead and, make, you know, add five to ten extra scholarships per team. You know, what, what what's a good coaching number? And basically kind of push out the group of five and be like, see a group of five. We're, we're going and doing our... So while they keep basketball the same, they widen the gap in football. Baseball, you know, who knows what they decide to do. And you brought up a good point. There are smaller schools in baseball that also do turn a profit. And I do think if there's this split or this divide, you could have a Coastal Carolina be like, hey, SEC, are you doing baseball only memberships? And if so, here's our numbers, here's our books. You may want to consider us if things go to a super league in baseball per se, um, because it, 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 you're going to hear the word autonomy a lot when it comes to conferences and the NCAA and all that stuff. Well, maybe they'll have the power to be able to make super leagues where they see fit, add teams for specific sport reasons. You get that in soccer already. UK plays in, Conference USA, although now do they move to the Sun Belt? I think maybe that that happened. Um, so you already have it in some sports. Obviously, Notre Dame just kind of picks and chooses what sports they want to be in a conference in. Really, it's only football that's not. But we that's a fun joke to make anyway. So it'll be interesting because it doesn't have to be all uniform. What they do in one sport won't necessarily have to mean what they're going to do in other sports. And it, they may want to step on the throats of smaller schools in some area. Maybe they'll want to throw smaller schools a life raft in other areas. I don't know. But the conferences have the power. And it's worth remembering the conference with the most powers, the conference with the most money. That's the SEC. So you can't kind of help but think what the SEC kind of wants. The SEC is going to get. But the interesting part is the goofy little alliance between the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12. Will they try to to say, hey, you know what? You need to work with us, not against us. It's all fascinating. And we'll all figure this stuff out together. You know one thing that is certain, though, TJ? It just means more. It just means more. Woo! We've got a lot to get to. Uh, Nick's uncle had a really interesting quote about U of L and Purdue and all that stuff. We need to discuss that. There's a lot more oh, to get to on today's tampering. Yeah, we 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 also some unfortunately some people big exports radio got got. We need to talk oh, about that. Oh no, well, they got got. Get rich or die, Rylan. I always say we'll be back. This is Kentucky Roll Call. TJ Walker. Chaos makes perfect sense when you're spinning round things coming down. Welcome to Earth, where the rock from the sun cause and effect. Chain of events, all of the 
No, ma'am. We're Kentucky Roll Call. We're on a mission from God. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roll Call. I've got I've got a in real time bone to pick. Oh, yeah. That is there a bird right next to your ear, Roush? <laughs> um, I, I I'm my office is a sunroom, and so it's it's been toasty. So I have the windows open, and you know. Beachmont, it's basically a beautiful forest. So I got birds tweeting all around me. That's that's what they that's what they say. You're the St. Francis of the South End, I've always said. <laughs> uh anyways, birthday parties for kids, Roush. They're they're on oh, and popping. You're great, you're probably dude. yeah. You're knee deep into them. Yeah, they're sure. They're they're a good time. Can we all as a parents come together and make a rule that you you don't you don't do it on Saturday. You don't do them on Saturdays after afternoon. Um, I I would say with an exception of like next Saturday, that's a good excuse to have a kid slash preakness party. So I, I would say there are some exceptions um to that rule, but generally Sundays are the preferred day. Uh but either way, like I, I use kids birthday parties i mean they're they're party for me now so you know make that your pregame make that your pregame for your night plans well if you have it if you have it while it's kind of coinciding with another event like the preakness then sure at that point it's not so much a kid's birthday party but if it's just kids running around having fun it i i would i would say before noon on saturday or you're right just anytime on sunday it's just a, a, a birthday party for somebody that's not over the age of three at like three on a Saturday. That's a lot. That's basically saying, Hey, your Saturday plans, this, this little kid's got power over your weekend. So yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. Or I think the ideal way to go about, cause three really is smack dab in the middle of it. If you do it at like four or five and you frame it as a barbecue or, or if you do it, like if, if, if Johnny still had his pool and he had a pool party, then, you know, that, like that can be an all day thing and that can be sure. fun. Sure. And then if people have plans, they can just dip out on them. I thought the direction you were going to go, which I'm probably going to go with my friends in the next one is like, Hey, don't, don't bring a gift. Like we, we've got plenty of stuff here. You know, we don't wow. like that. that I'm, I'm bringing down free stuff. Justin, what the heck? That's, that's a rarity. I can confirm. Yeah, you're you're right. <laughs> that is a rarity. But like, you know, there comes a point where uh we 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 appreciate the stuff, but also there's a lot of stuff. So I, I feel like you're gonna get to and also you, you get to a point when you get a little bit older, you're just not getting gifts anymore for your birthday. Maybe you just cut back on them. They get some gifts from grandma and grandpa, mom and dad, and then they're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you there on the gift thing, and uh, of course I'm talking about my dear sister who uh, 
we she just sent out an invitation for a birthday party that's at one o'clock on a Saturday. So uh, that's that's where all this is coming from. My my dear dear sister, but I'll be there with bells and ribbons on for. Birthday well, it's not party. too bad though. You're. I, I think the trickiest part is dealing with uh, around nap time. You know. Yes. Correct. Uh, but maybe you you go for like an hour and then you then you leave early because it's Lucy's nap time. And then you still can do stuff Saturday night. Well, well, I don't really do stuff much anymore anyway, so <laughs> don't have to worry about that per se. But so go to kids' birthdays party. <laughs> one o'clock on a Saturday kind of takes out really any other full fun day activity like kayaking or golf or something like that. Um, I guess you could golf afterwards, but yeah. Hey, whatever. TJ, question whatever. for Just you. Just a heads up, a little PSA. Keep your kids' birthday parties on Sunday, everybody. At TJ, have you ever kayaked Floyd's Fork? I have. How is that? Ooh, a lot of fun. I was looking at the map yesterday. Yeah, you you got to go. go I ahead, haven't bro. done the whole thing, obviously, because I think that would take like years. But um, I've done parts of it. It's it's. There's parts of it that are great. Um, I mean, ultimately, in a perfect world, when the water's high enough, it's awesome. You're just kayaking a creek. It's not hard. Like, you know, the river, you could have waves sometimes. The current or the wind could be strong, and that could be tough. But on a creek, kayaking is easy peasy. The only issue with Floyd's Fork is you'll come across a part where you got to, like, literally get out of your kayak, carry yeah, it over rocks, and then get back into it, which that kind of stinks from time to time. But it's cool. I mean, there's there are some amazing parts of it that are really, really great. It's 62 miles long. Yeah. The, uh, Justin, we my wife and I went on our anniversary, which is in late June mm -hmm. one year. And luckily, it wasn't too dry, but there were it, it, the ideal time would be like, oh, it rained yesterday. Let's go to Floyd's Fork because th then you're almost certain that you won't have to get up and out uh, multiple times to like carry your kayak around because that was a pain in the butt. Well, you know, a lot of times when you kayak, though, that's some of the best parts is you don't want to get out and, and have to change plans. But when you get your feet in the water and you get a little wet, it, it's kind of nice and refreshing. But yeah, I was looking at Floyd's Fork on a map yesterday, and I was like, that looks like a good time to kayak. So I was just curious. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't think so many people mind getting wet or cooling off on a hot day, but the annoyance of like having to drag a kayak for 20 yards sometimes gets annoying. <laughs> That's yeah. the part that you don't like about that. Gotcha. Right, right, right. Uh, it was very funny when we had our experience, too. Some guy was just like, a complete and utter jackass because he had uh, undone the plug on his kayak to an extent and his was like kind of sinking and he was just blaming everybody else and just being a real <laughs> jerk about it. It's like, dude, you this thing was not sinking when you got in it. You obviously did something here. <laughs> like, chill out, buddy. Chill out. Uh, what are they called? I think they're called like scupper plugs or something on kayaks. Kayaks have holes in them, which is a bold strategy. But the reason they do that is for if you're like ocean kayaking or there's some waves, water that gets in will flow out. But if right. you're on a creek, a lot of times it's just automatically getting your feet wet for no reason. You don't need them. Or you you, you want to use your scupper plugs um, when you're kayaking on creeks and maybe calm lakes and whatnot. If you're on a river, you may want to get rid of them because you're going to get some water in the boat. So you want to make sure that water can get out of the boat. Maybe he had a scupper plugs in and there's water coming in and the water had nowhere to go. Maybe. Maybe. Sounds uh, like the but, guy was a little dingus, though. That's right. Oh, he, he was he was a dingus and he was a real jerk. Um 
But uh, what? Well, while we're talking about dinguses, time to bring out the gotcha girls, TJ, because we got them. We did it. Yeah. So Mike Rutherford, he is back on the airwaves after uh, filling in for a couple days. He is feeling well enough to get back and get on a radio, which is good. He he detailed it for like the first thirty minutes of yesterday's show, and goodness gracious, just sounds terrifying to be honest with you uh i feel 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 bad for him feel bad for his wife and uh, hope he is feeling better but sounds like he just has some some stuff that they can't really figure out in terms of like dizziness and uh pots disease i think is what they were mentioning i thought that trevor had pots disease <laughs> but not the kind that they were they, they were referencing but he's back uh again i don't think he said he was feeling 100 percent, but feeling better it was good to hear from him all that being said, I hate that on his first day back, while he's just trying to ease back into things, Roush, we got them all riled up. Oh. All riled up. That wasn't necessarily a cue to play it, but there's certainly a miscommunication between <laughs> me throwing it back to Roush for comments and Roush oh, I... throwing it over to Justin to play the, right. the audio. But a classic KRC bit, that just gets U of L fans every time, including even my wife who got riled up about it, is just saying Dan McDonald. And first off, I do love calling him McDonald, um, although that's just sometimes an unintentional typo that happens with that. Mm-hmm. That being said, joking that he can't win the big one. U of L has a great baseball program. It's what there's no reason UK can't do similar things. If U of L can do it, then certainly UK should be able to do it. But Kentucky hasn't, and U of L has. They have a great baseball program. But for the first three years of the Calipari era, UK, every freaking day in the city, no championships, can't win the big one, gonna choke it away. Freshmen can't win it when it matters most. Everybody said that about Cal Perry, and they had a great time doing it, and they laughed and they laughed and they laughed until they couldn't laugh anymore. So we've turned that on its head, and we do it with U of L women's basketball and baseball, and we just have a great time with it. But somehow, the U of L folks don't know that we're riling, and they play right into it, and we get them, and we get them real good, and we got them real good on the Mike Rutherford show yesterday. Can we also? I know I praised him for hosting the show. We have to push back on the because TJ and Roush have been doing this thing that Kentucky fans love to do, where it's like you guys rip on Calipari for uh, having all this talent and only winning one title. Every time a Louisville baseball player does something like this, it's all that talent and no titles. What's going on? Well, he didn't get to play for a title. <laughs> Awful comparison, also, because trying to compare John Calipari, who walked into what even rival fans can say, maybe the most tradition-rich program in the history of college basketball. All that money, all that titles, all that built-in fan base, all those decades and decades of success, all those just, you know, if you don't win a national title at UK over 10 years, you're viewed as a failure. Dan McDonald walked into a program that had been to one NCAA tournament in its history and never won an NCAA tournament game. Plus a little harder to turn around baseball in terms of recruiting than basketball. It is. also was the easiest to do, the quickest turnaround in any sport. Louisville baseball, never been a number one overall seed. They've never gone into a college World Series as an overwhelming favorite to get the job done and win the national title. And also, like maybe most importantly at all, of all, when you're trying to draw this comparison, Louisville's never even had a top three recruiting class in baseball, whereas Kentucky had the number one class, like, what, seven years in a row or something? So you can make the case that, you know, these guys are going to Kentucky already built in as guaranteed lottery picks, whereas Louisville, 
I think Dan McDowell's coach, you can make the argument, we're taking these three- and four-star prospects and making them into Major League Baseball first-round draft picks. Like, the comparison is just it, it's it's just wrong, but, you know, it's UK fan logic. It's just hate because the Batcats have never been never gotten to our level. Well, they've gotten to our level once, and then we knocked them back down. They came close they got to, to a Super level. Regional they, they once. On, and then- they go on to talk about how – the base winning in baseball is so much harder than it is winning in basketball, which is they could not believe those words coming out of their mouth. Give me a break. Overall, as a sport, baseball is a little wonkier in the sense of like you could have an ace pitcher, you get them one game, and then maybe you don't see him again till you know which round of the NCAA tournament is he going to be back for where he's going to be well-rested enough to pitch again. So the, just the sport of baseball can be wonky in that sense in terms of how the game is played. But I'm sorry, having to put 68 teams together and just saying, hey, we'll see which one comes out of here, give me a break. That is far more random and harder to win than baseball. Uh, show that you don't know much about sports without saying you don't know much about sports. That's one way to do it. And secondly, Roush, all I heard there is that L baseball – Crappy little startup program. That's what I heard. <laughs> I love it. Uh, just admitting, we were very, very bad. And the fact that we're even good is is a positive. We never very- even recruit good players. We, we've never even had a good baseball player signed to play here. But look at what we've turned them into. And, you know, U of L baseball is really good, but we're not good enough to ever be a, a number one overall seed. Just the nitpickiness of the art of the arguments is is great to me. It's and it's true though. He hasn't won the big one. It's worth mentioning. They did it with UK. So you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Here you go, U of L baseball fans. Nice to get them all riled up on a Wednesday. Oh man, I, I love to like Rutherford acknowledging like it's a bit and they. But uh, <laughs> got totally got me, and that and that's how I feel every time that I do like I, I put out some low hanging fruit like layup U of L joke, and then I start getting a bunch of obsession tweets. I'm like, you morons! Like, what? Pot me kettle, okay? Like this was the entire point, and you fell for it. You absolutely fell for it. Exactly. And uh, UK baseball, by the way, they're certainly on the outside looking in. They will travel to Columbia, South Carolina yep. this weekend, important series there. And then they have a midweek game, I think, against UT Martin or somebody like that. And then they close up at home against Auburn. You win both those Which series. Is, you actually have a chance to get in the tournament. You do. You win both those series, you got a chance. Uh, you, you you split the series, probably nothing going for you. The issue is they need to get make sure they're in the SEC tournament. And if they're not in the SEC right. tournament, they've, they've got no chance. And they, they're going to need to – in their final six SEC games, I, I do. I think you're probably going to need to feel to win four of them to mm-hmm. feel pretty good about, about your chances. So we shall see what the Batcats have cooking, but it, it, there's, there needs to be some changes in the program. I don't think anybody's backing off of that, even after the exciting series this past weekend. Uh, always good to rile up the UL fans. This is Kentucky Roll Call, hour oh, two yeah. in the Thornton's text line. Coming up next, you TJ get to rile them up some more. It's going to be oh, fun. I look forward to that. I don't we'll know. Go anywhere. Yeah, you don't want to miss that. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin King. Times that are not forgotten. Those fertile fields are never far away. We're walking in high cotton. Old times that are not forgotten.
Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio Thursday. May 12, 2022, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen, and it's Taco Thursday, Roush. Why don't you tell everybody about Salsaritas? Well, Salsaritas, they have two locations where if you download the app before you go, you're probably going to eat free tacos, and the only thing better than Salsaritas tasty tacos and well-marinated meats are free Salsaritas tacos with fresh salsa and spicy marinated meats i am a big fan of the the spicy salsa with a little bit of guacamole on mine i like double dip actually i'll who am i getting i triple dip i do the queso as well really load that bad boy up justin dingus couldn't all that it's a little too hot for his little mouth to handle that hot spicy salsa he's gonna get justin it's a real spicy oh boy justin but you know what? If you can't handle the spicy, they've got mild, they've got medium, they've got it all. Salsa is so good. It's in their name. Salsaritas. Check them out on Shelbyville Road in Middletown or on Hubbard's Lane in St. Matthews. You won't regret it. Look, I have no problem you with you all not, making fun of me not. for not liking the hot salsa, but Justin Dingus, that sounds terrible. Let's never say that again. <laughs> that sounded <laughs> awful. Not the same ring as Scooter uh, Dingus. That's, I thought that was your... That's uh, just, just, Justin Dingus. Nope. Nope, hate it, hate it. <laughs> I I will say one more one more thing to put a bow on our friends in the afternoon at, from three to six on Big Exports Radio. Goodness gracious, the jelly oozing out of Trevor Justin regarding your your contract story. <laughs> it, it could solve the world's jelly problem. There's so much <laughs> jelly oozing out of the big guy. He is jealous. And it shows big time. Man, I mean, all you got to do is be a good person and people want to have babies that, that are like you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so are you insinuating that if, if, if somebody, if a former lover that has switched teams doesn't approach you to have the, to be the surrogate for their child, that you're not a good person? Uh, that's not what I'm insinuating. No, I'm just insinuating that I am a good person. Actually, um, so I didn't tell you all this, but I was actually asked by another switch hitter probably about a month and a half ago. Same situation. No way. I swear. No, there's just I no sw- way. I swear, no I swear way. on my <laughs> life. I turned, I turned her down, though. But she wouldn't, it wouldn't have been, it would have been like insemination type situation. It wouldn't have been like it was the first time. It wouldn't have been like you. <laughs> no. There would no. have been a middleman. No, there would have been a middleman, yes. Yeah. But so, yeah. what, who, how, what, so twice? <laughs> twice. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Well, you know the great news. You know the great news. Well, I don't Roush know. Is that if he's had. Now, hold on, Justin. Uh, now that you've had two sex contracts, you're going to win the lottery again. There's <laughs> I, no doubt about it. I keep telling you all that. We're going to win one day. There is there is no doubt about it. Did we win last night? Probably. We had 69 couple numbers, so we, <laughs> we closed, right? You would think that'd be the lucky number. I, I certainly I certainly would. Again, Justin? I cannot. Again. I'm like literally flabbergasted. Yeah. How, how does that happen? How how did they approach you the second time? Facebook message? Um, no. So we were out to eat, 
and she just brought it up. Would you ever be interested? And I was like, um, I mean, I'd have to put some serious thought into it, but I'm not going to, I didn't tell her no that day. Actually, I still haven't told her no, but I don't know. I don't know if I feel comfortable with that. Yeah. There had been, if there had been no middleman, would the answer have been yes? Oh, God, no. It would have been a firm no. Firm no. Oh. Oh, I think you're you're laying it on kind of thick, are you? Correct. <laughs> Roush, low-hanging fruit there. Go ahead and take it. I'm okay. Go on. No, right there for the taking. Uh, that's wild, Justin. I'm gonna off the air. I'm gonna need to hear more details, but okay. we'll, we'll save that <laughs> for another day. Get your text into the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Lightning does strike twice in the same place. Turns out, just unbelievable, unbelievable caveat <laughs> to uh, to my Thursday. Oh. I'm, I'm gonna be thinking about that probably most of the day. I, I mean, I've been thinking about oh, it. Yeah. You said that you had. Some I was just going to say, I've been thinking Sorry, about it a lot. Why there's not one but two women out there that want to have a little five-foot child. Like, there are so many better options. I'm a, I'm a little guy. Get you, get you like a little six, get you a six-foot guy, six-one guy, have a normal kid. Don't, don't have a midget. Maybe they think that, I'm not sure if you're allowed to say that word. Maybe anymore. not. Little secondly, I, you, uh, Maybe they just think you're a kind, sweet person. You're not threatening. Correct. Yeah, you're a nice guy. Remember, that's all you said it takes. You just need to be a nice guy, and people will offer you sex contracts. That is it. (laughs) (laughs) I do wonder about, like, how much of this maybe is you being single. So people are like, well, certainly Joe's wife's not going to let him come over and plow us. Let's see what Justin's up to. That's a a really good point, one that I hadn't thought of. That's, yeah, you might be onto something with that. Availability is nine-tenths of the law. (laughs) Justin, you said you've always wanted to be single all these years, and look, it's paying off. It is paying off, yeah. Yeah, Don't even have to try. (laughs) (laughs) Although, Roush, had he tried at Churchill Downs, maybe he wouldn't be single. It's true. Then this opportunity wouldn't present itself. So, good thing I didn't try. That's a good point. I'm on dad duty this hour, and I, I switched the office, the, the radio studio, down to the basement just because it's carpeted. And now that she's inchworming and crawling around, it's like, all right, you know, I can't have her in a, a confined space because she'll wiggle and warm her way out of here. And down here, she can just she can roll and run for as far as the eye can see. Uh, but right now, she just is so in intrigued by this sex contract conversation i'm slightly concerned <laughs> maybe we should so, remove her from the room <laughs> maybe close her ears so, i'm seriously thinking about just like dragging yeah come on go 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 inch warm over to the closet here this is grown-up <laughs> conversation little lady You're but I, I haven't i have an audience of one and she hasn't taken her eyes off of me since i've been talking to start this hour but as long as you're enjoying it lucy it's good radio right yeah yeah yes great radio we've Uh, got got a doctor's appointment after this so um so i'm on dad duty that's so if you hear some baby in in the background nope it's not my brother johnny it's lucy uh, speaking of audiences um my uncle cousin jeff was speaking in front of a pretty large audience yesterday at the uh the Louisville Flage Alumni Club. And I love that they still have a like a, a big proud alumni group. Uh, an AG one at that, but they're they're still those Flage guys 
they're uh, they're they're tough SOBs. They love their football. And Jeff was a guest speaker, and they asked a bunch of questions. Naturally, he's talking about his uh, his Boilermakers quite a bit. But of course, he got asked the Louisville question, and the it, he gave, of course, a long answer about how difficult it was. And he's shared this before about how 2018 it was too quick of a turnaround to 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 leave Purdue that quickly. Um, he did not bring up the possibility of returning after last season, but he did say, "But obviously, we're on year six. I love this town, this area. I'm an alumnus of Louisville." So anything can happen in the future. Dun, dun, dun. It's on the table. It's on the table. The The pressure for Scott Satterfield this season is he did just enough to keep the boat afloat last year. But you know that quote's going to be brought up if the stadium continues to be half empty and they continue to just – beat a couple decent teams, and then just kind of be ho-hum the rest of the time. Uh, they they cannot afford ho-hum, especially if that ho-hum leads to all those California kids deciding they don't want to go across the country to play for a little bit. No, but if it's ho-hum and those California kids hang in the balance and Louisville needs to make a switch, don't you think Uncle Jeff would be the sexy name that could maybe get back in the California kids' good graces and say, hey, you wanted to play in this system – you like the school, you like the city, we know all that. Okay, you like the coach, the coach is gone. But if you like that coach's system, wait till you see Uncle Jay's system. You're gonna really, yeah. you're gonna really, really love it. I think this is the first time, and Roush, you'd know better than me, but I think this is the first time that Uncle Jay has publicly played the game. Behind the scenes, I know yeah. he's played the game in terms of mm-hmm. what has gotten out there and what hasn't gotten out there, but in terms of a public direct comment. This is, I love this. Like the Game of Thrones nerd in me, I love this because this is almost like undermining the Satterfield regime, if you will. Basically, yeah, I'm happy at Purdue and I'm there. And yes, UofL's got their own head coach. But in the future, if something were to happen and that UofL head coach wasn't around, you never know. You never know. So if UofL stumbles or loses a game this year that they shouldn't, I know one radio producer that does radio from three to six in this town that's going to be saying, bring Brom home, bring Brom home. And these quotes that he said yesterday, Roush, they ain't going anywhere. Those will be brought up in September. They'll nope. be brought up in October. And if Satterfield gets canned in December, they're going to be brought up then as well. I love this. And if if Brom goes to Louisville, could recruiting in the state get a little harder for UK? It could. UK could miss out on some guys to U of L that they want, which right now isn't really happening, uh, with maybe an exception here or there, right. but it would be one or two quite literally. So it would get maybe a little tougher. You'd, you'd, but you'd be I hard do, pressed to find them. But I, I can't help but love the drama aspect of all this. You just had another head coach. This is a huge, this is a huge quote. You just had another head coach at a power five school basically say, Yeah, down the road I may coach my my home school team. And and let alone the fact there's already been so much he said, she said with this coach and this university over the last four years. And then now you just drop a grenade saying, yeah, yeah, you never say never, baby, with a little wink. We know that Brom wants to be at UofL. And if the job had opened up this past season like it should have, he'd be the head coach. And when it ever does open up, he will most likely – be the head coach. I think he's kind of reached his limits there at Purdue. The question is, 
when will that be? And that all falls on Scott Satterfield. So you have U of L fans that want the program to do well because why wouldn't you? You're a fan, but also knowing that Brom probably hangs in the balance, you may want Satterfield to fall on his face a little bit so you can just put, rip the bandaid off and move on. It's it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, and I love that that your uncle dropped that that quote yesterday. Yeah, that was especially knowing that uh, Bozo was going to be there to be able to share it. Um, that was purposeful. It was. Um, and I will say the uh, – I am a little worried about about Uncle Jeff's team this year just because they're, you know, they're not going to be – last year was a big year because you had David Bell, you had Carl Loftus. And, th- I mean, hell, he even got Horvath drafted. I couldn't believe that. And Horvath, he was just very average running back at best. But um, I, I – I am a, a little worried about his team this year. Um, so I think the timing actually would have been perfect last year, but Neely Bendapudi said, no, no, no. And she swatted it down and left. And Louisville fans, you can still drink Trevor Kelsey's tears because there were so many tears. Um, it's really, it's really kind of hilarious. And uh, it's a real shame, real shame that Jeff couldn't save the day this year because Scott and his tots. The one thing that I, I know if, if Jeff ultimately did return, Scott, Scott doesn't get he doesn't get it in a lot of things. He doesn't get how to rivalry at all, and Jeff at least knows that much. He knows the significance of it, the importance of it, and he would inject a little bit of juice in it. Where right now Stoops is just doing whatever the hell he wants, whenever he wants. It's great, it's good fun, um, but you know to to. Let me stop you. Let me stop you right there. No, the, it it doesn't get more fun than UK beating U of L by thirty every year. Just just for what it's worth, I get what you're no, saying. You're right? Like if they're top twenty, but it, it would make it better though. It, no, it can't really get better than what three straight years would be four if the pandemic didn't happen. Where UK is just again, U of L's gone in that game thinking they've had a chance. 2018 excluded, and they've just been curb stomped, and it's been and it's been in hilarious fashion. Will Levis just scoring each and every time. Lynn Bowden doing whatever he wanted. Uh, it, it's it's Benny Snell wearing the Santa Claus hat running around Cardinal Stadium. It's been it's been a lot of fun, Rush. I get what you're saying. It it could like part of it, the not selling out the Krogue in yeah, November because Louisville, right, right. And, somebody and like, that wants UK to win these games, I don't care if it's more competitive. I love where it's at. I do agree with you though. Brom would do those things. It's going he, to happen. It's he, not. He a, would make those jabs every once in a while that wouldn't just be like. Sounded like, like my Scott. Actually, no. I need, I need, I need a little more Southern draw in my whining. Oh, 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 Yes, I did. And it was Saban, he, like, well, let me, oh. I'll let you, I'll say something about Satterfield and then I want you to take over with the saving aspect of it. It was the most Scott Satterfield of complaints of all time where he was like, oh, ho hum. I, I, I don't have any evidence that there's tampering. I'm not going to go that far. It was like basically a complaint while also just being a total and complete baby. Just a whiner. Cause that's, yeah. that's what he does. He doesn't throw jabs. He whines. And, uh, I think Saban was actually asked about it uh, at Augusta National. Um, 
and he just said, we don't tamper with anybody. I don't, I don't know of anybody that we tampered with. You know, I don't really know uh, that anybody's ever tampered with our players either. I just think that sometimes when things happen, it makes you wonder. So I'm not making any accusations against anybody that's, that, I mean, I don't have any knowledge of anybody that's done anything with anybody else players. He's just going on and on and basically saying, dude, shut up. Quit whining. We're Alabama. You're Louisville. You losers. You dorks. Yeah, the quote that started it all from Satterfield was, well, you can't prove anything. I think it's not only him. It's happened before here. Last year, we had a few guys that jumped in the portal. And the next day, they're announcing where they're going. You you can look at that and know that something is going on before they went into the portal. But I do think it's happening all across the country. It's not just our program. It's every program. It's something we certainly need to look at closely and try to figure out what's the best way to move forward. Oh, so you got it here first. It's happening everywhere in the country. But U of L is not tampering. Well, they would have to get good transfers to do that, and not just from Fort Hay State. You know, everybody's tampering. Get over it. I like what Mike Bray said about the transfer portal and nil. Like, stop whining. Yes. Seriously, yes. Mike Bray was on top of it. Get over it and start adapting. Figure out how you're going to make it work for you. And if you're a good enough coach and you've got a good enough program style of play system whatever it may be to sell you should find ways to succeed in it as well some people are going to have bigger advantages big whoop what are you going to do just sit there and cry about it go out there and work you babies sheesh belish uh, mike bray who, who knew who would have thought that the the notre dame coach of all people would tell people to quit being a bunch of whiners you know and we've had our own fair share of whining outbursts here and there but like when you whine about the tampering did like just at its yeah. core, do you realize that you're basically being like, I want somebody to not be able to go where they want to go? Tampering or not tampering? He didn't want to be at L anymore. And are you all whining because you wanted him to be forced to stay at L by the old rules where you weren't allowed to interfere and stuff like that? It's just kind of pathetic, to be honest with you. I mean, he didn't it, want to be there. Get over it. Stop the, whining about it. The tampering thing, too, is just it's evidence that you don't know how to play the game the right way. Because... Even in, in high school recruiting, you have to – it's the same way with the transfer portal where you have to deal with the middlemen to, to find out, all right, what does this person want? How am I going to get them? It's it's like in recruiting when – like what Vince Barrow, what makes him a good recruiter, he's good at identifying who is the, 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 the ultimate decider, if you will. Is it the mom? Is it the trainer? Like who is the person that is going to have the most influence in this kid's decision – I've got to get them on my good side, know what they want, and then curtail my pitch towards them. Like the 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 tampering accusation means you don't know how to identify the right people to make sure your people stay happy and also to find the right people at other places. Like when Jacquez Jones just fell into Kentucky's lap, do you think like, that's 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 how this middleman game works? Like you have to know how to play the game. That's 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 the game. So Scott, figure it out. This is big boy football. You're not in Appalachia anymore. Lucy agrees. And <laughs> at the end of the day, as much as it stinks, Kentucky lost a wide receiver to Oklahoma, that which yep. was a more exciting and advanced offense than what Kentucky was selling at the time. Alabama, big bank takes small bank. Alabama wanted your player. They went and they took him. You couldn't do enough to keep him. Cry. Cry more about it. Maybe that will keep more players. In call, the call the Wambi Lance. 
Yeah, no kidding. Let's read a text here on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. A texture says, of course I knew what I was doing, Scoots. You all asked for topics. I just I just meant that you yeah. knew what you were doing and what was gonna what was gonna drive conversation the most. That's all I meant by that. Great text though. Got us talking. Really, really did. Got himself a Jared Lorenzen towel too. Woo. Yeah. Great prize. We gotta reach out and find a way to to, to get it to you. Um somebody sent in a text meant for KSR. Oh, Looks like it's about relationships, though. We'll go ahead and read it anyways. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's from Mook as well. Uh, said, Ryan is right. My best friend, like the guy I was best friends with since I was four years old, dated my high school crush about three months after she and I broke up. That literally ruined my friendship with him, and it never recovered. Well, was it a high school crush, or was it a high school girlfriend? Because a like crush, it. a crush, tough taters, you know? Like, if it's a crush, I think it's just anything goes – well, not anything goes, but who the girl decides she likes better is who she likes better. But a girlfriend, that's a different story. Well, did you read the text? It says, yeah, and it dated my high school long. crush three months after she and I broke up. So they were boyfriend-girlfriend. Three months? I know, I, I know, but you use the word crush instead of girlfriend. So it's like two of these things aren't adding up. Like if, if it's crush, then you probably didn't really date. If it's dated then it's probably a girlfriend so i just assume it's a girlfriend and if that's the case i do think that's kind of crappy i don't think a good friend should date somebody's ex especially that short amount of time afterwards is, is three months a short amount of time i i think all of it's time dependent like yeah how long were you short amount of time like like were, but were you only dating them for three months though well, that's that, another, and, and using the word crush would make it seem like it wasn't the most heated relationship. But yeah, right. if you're starting football season with one person and then when basketball season rolls around, you're with somebody else, that's that's a short amount of time. Right, right. So I, I, I think time is uh, the ultimate decider here on when it's uh, when it's a good an appropriate time to start hitting up the the ex. And it also depends, too, on if he was uh, actually dating the ex or if they just kind of hooked up or something because if it's a if it's a casual one-off thing then you're then you just blame the girl and be like you know what if she came after you i wouldn't have turned her down either then you know i i, I can't i can't blame him in that aspect that that's i was gonna bring that up too is that like what about friends getting with the significant others ex or an ex of a friend um that's a, not dating i do i think that that crosses some lines maybe just uh a random one off, or yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. We yeah, could probably the, the random one off. I can understand a lot more. You get drunk. She's good looking. She's coming on you. You know, you just get yeah. Things happen. Is this talking from experience? No, maybe. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, we know how Justin feels about it. That's the right. Old Walmart girl, I'm sure, could call in and tell some stories. Come on. Let's go to our last break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, and we'll wrap up this edition of Kentucky Roll Call. You're listening on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1. Oh, God. Peter Walker, Nick Roush, and Bustin' Justin, Scoop and Kale. Shake it to the left. Shake it to the right. Come on, baby. You know what I like. Shake it real funky. Shake it real low. Shake it till you can't shake. Nature would make a mistake. 
Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Hey, fool, you ready for another beating? You should have never came back. Welcome back. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call here on Ooh, 96 1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Appreciate you listening along. KRC goes 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. Replay of the show 9 to 11. Make sure you're listening to the podcast. Leave a comment or review, download, uh, and then subscribe to KRC wherever you get your podcast. That podcast brought to you by our friends at Cornbread Hemp. Use promo code Big Exports Radio when you go to cornbreadhemp.com. It's going to save you 30% off. And if you're having trouble sleeping, maybe you've got some travel in the near future, get some of their gummies, take them, feel a little bit more relaxed, sleep a little bit easier, be a little bit happier. And Cornbread Hemp is going to save you a lot of money with that promo code Big X, 30% off. We appreciate Cornbread Hemp. You'll appreciate their product. All right. We got more the text line to get to and then roush maybe a few quick hitters as well yeah i i appreciated that we had a close nba basketball game last night well it wasn't close for a while and then the celtics completely blew it i mean what a choke job wow yeah it it, it was i mean kind of similar kind of the inverse to uh game four where it looked like the bucks were gonna win comfortably and then al horford took over uh, yep, you did have at least one close game last night, and then I did not see Memphis blowing out Golden State, uh, especially without Jaw. But that's yeah. exactly what happened. So they had like 70, they were, 70 points and a half, or something ridiculous, season high points. I lost the house on that one, but I, <laughs> I did think it was uh, kind of how the Celtics won against the Nets, and it was like they won with team basketball. You never see that anymore. The freaking Bucks won with defense, and it was Drew Holiday against "quote unquote" defensive player of the year Marcus Smart. Who not only does Drew Holiday swat his shot, um, but then he steals the ball while while Smart's going in transition. Just, I mean, it was two outstanding defensive plays. The second one, the one that completely iced the game, was just a heads up play. He just sm- saw that Smart was kind of bobbling the ball and took off and and. I mean, left this guy wide open. It could have ended in disaster, but he timed it perfectly, made a great play on it. And I the fact that they it was a block shot, a steal, and then a, a missed free throw put back by Bobby Portis. I I knew Bobby Portis was pretty good at Arkansas, TJ. I did not envision this sort of NBA career for him where he he's taken that kind of enforcer mentality with him. And I think he had something like 16 and 15 last night, including that go-ahead bucket with 16 seconds or so to go off an offensive rebound on a free throw. How do you give up an offensive rebound on a free throw in game five of the NBA playoffs? That's sports, buddy. Uh, Bobby Portis is a dork, not a fan of his. Yeah, when they just tried to like fight the 2015 team to, to beat him. Can't beat yeah. him, fight him. And then was was he tweeting about like Malik Monk when Monk picked UK or uh, there was some there was some player he got all Probably. worked up about that they didn't want to go play in Fayetteville so uh, oh he, oh well he is the perfect kind of guy that's you hate him if he's not on your team you love him if he is though you know 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's. I mean, he's obviously a very good basketball player. Uh, Scoots, I'm sure you lost some money on the Reds yesterday as well. I did. Good God. Four, five in a row now losing on the Reds. I'm, I'm just going to have to start flipping the other way, they've betting won. the other way. <laughs> they've won two series in a row. Watch um, it. Don't let the Reds get hot, ladies and germs. They are up to – do you all know how many wins they have now? Mm. Five uh, or six. No, nope. they've got they got uh thirteen, I think. No, they have no. seven. Seven is, wins. Is, it's seven? Oh, oh. Seven. Okay. All right. <laughs> I must have been I flipped the the wins versus the losses. I think they've got like thirteen <laughs> losses. They have right? more losses than that, pal, I promise. I think the Red Sox are only like four games up on them, which is pretty embarrassing. Hey, how did uh, any update on the recruiting biz? I'm just gonna ask you this every day until you tell me something. Um, I'll, I'll dig into that today. I was going to wait at least till it was over, but I'm sure I'll hear that it was good. <laughs> yep. I bet you will. I bet you will hear that. Uh, um, texture, uh or I, what do you got? I, I, I want to bring up one more football topic before we wrap up the show, because we had our FanDuel has released its early lines for big games, this college football season, and they've got one for the cats week two at Florida. Kentucky is a four point underdog. I'm sure that line will, uh, very wildly between now and when it opens uh, on Sunday, the week before the game kicks off. But four point dog at Florida, that that doesn't uh, you don't see that that often, Mister Sports Talker. Feels, no, uh, feels no, you, a little on the small side, traditionally speaking. No, and if we're just being truthful, not that it was a big deal or anything, but I didn't appreciate the KSR headline for that. That like. Early second week line shows progress for UK football. This isn't 2012 UK football. We take it up with Adam Market, buddy. Well, I'm going to stick his head in a toilet and give him a swirly. That's what I'm going to do. But we expect UK to win that game. That that if anything, the headline should be free money with current opening line for UK Florida. Get it while it's hot. Free dollar dollar bills, y'all. That's actually how I would have uh, framed it. Um, exactly. Great. But, but I think just from Vegas speaking, though, you don't see – I mean, because if you give them three points for home field, that's almost a pick Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, – it, it, um, it is a change of pace. It doesn't get old, you know, not see – again, it, it's the difference in U.K. football. You go in where you think you can win every game, have a chance to win every game, feel like maybe you should. I, I If U.K. can't beat Florida on the road this year – I would be a little disappointed, to be honest with you. And I don't think I've ever said that in my life as a UK football fan. So I'm happy with where things are at. But yeah, you give me the four points and I'm 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 winning some some cash. Take it to the bank, baby. Woo! A texter, 502-414-1450, says even the big dog thought that Roush's Terry Wilson take was extreme. <laughs> that's 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 funny. And also probably spot on. <laughs> Yeah, probably not one of your uh, again, not one of your best takes, but it happens. It happens. Uh, hey, we, hey, we're talking for two hours every day. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Michael Jordan, Michael Scott. What do we Wayne got? Gretzky. What do we got next? Pete KRC is Scooter playing Crappy Fallout Boy right after a conversation about which producer plays the better music. Yeah, but if I played Fallout Boy in that situation, that begs the question: What would Trevor have played in that situation? It would have been a lot worse. I promise. Ooh. Good point. Wow. 
I haven't loved the music today. I mean, just to be totally transparent. I mean, well, I, I've got to have a country, the, uh, I've got to have a country day every week. I, I just do. Me and Roush discussed it. We just we just have to. We're a show about Kentucky. It's we, fun. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, and especially summertime. You know, yeah. it's you're you're outside. You're by a body of water. The country music just it hits right. Yeah, it hits I'm, right. I'm not, an, not anti-country. I'm totally all right with having a country day. I, I, it's not that I've hated the music. I just haven't hasn't been hasn't been the most amazing. Just wait till the last one. The last uh, one's fun. I, I It'll send say, you off good. That's all it I, takes. That's what it's all about. The last one's the most important. I uh, heard a Fallout Boy song while driving home uh, from driving my, my son off this morning at his grandparents. And it was the the college football song, the "Remember Me for Centuries." Can you all can you all guess an approximate year in which that came out? Oh, six. for the college football season, that was like ESPN's theme that year. Uh, I would say eleven. See, and I was thinking it was much more recent. I was thinking it was like 2018, 2014, which would have been like the second or third year of the college football playoff. And I think that's why it, it, I, I we attach it so much with that because that was right, right around when ESPN's coverage of the playoff started. And they're like, we got to have a song every year. Uh, they've had a Rick Ross song. Um, but the Fallout Boy one's the most memorable because you just – the commercial would be, for centuries, for centuries. I mean, it just – I just remember when the Big East tournament, 10% luck, 20% skill. I think that was like 07-ish year or something like that. But they used that song in the challenge last night, which just great having the challenge back. Survivor's awesome. Challenge, sorry, it's a little better. Fourth major sport is what many people call it. Anybody with a brain calls it that. Justin, have you gotten any Survivor spoilies yet? No, thank God. No, I, I think, you know, to avoid them today, I think my only option is to go home and watch it as soon as we're done here. Well, go ahead. It's the only way I Do can it. avoid it. And then we can chat about it in the group text because it, it was a great episode. Okay, cool. Like, is it, is it, is it just an hour one? Oh, they're all, they're, all, they're, all losing, they're all losing their minds, which is great. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah get, where they start getting loopy, it's awesome. Yeah, always, always good stuff. And only an hour, so you're good, Justin. Cool, you're good. Uh, yeah, you you can make the time for it. A texter <laughs> says uh, on the Thornton's text line, "I wish some services had it to stream." That makes perfectly good sense. Was that Survivor? That text was sent at eight thirty eight last night, so not really sure what that was talking about. Yeah. A texture says Trevor was using his I'm a genius voice when chiming in on that clip going back to hour one. What what was he saying to? He was like, Well, technically it should be more difficult to win in baseball than it is. Yeah, what a ter- what a terrible take. And this next text brings that up on the right. board second. In, co- in college baseball, don't they usually play series anyways versus a one-game winner-takes-all in the NCAA basketball tournament? Shame on I mean, both exactly. of them for yeah. suggesting. Like, I, I'm going to need them to back off that take just for, like, hey, if you got to do sports radio in this. That should just be the are you qualified to do sports radio in the city of Louisville? Which tournament's harder to win, college baseball <laughs> or college basketball? And if you say baseball, unfortunately, you're just you're not allowed to. You don't You don't pass the bar in that sense of it's, being able to get on the air. 
So uh, to put it in, to compare it, the first round is double elimination in the regional, and you often get to host that. And then if you're good enough, you get to host a super regional that's a three-game series. And then it's double elimination in the College World Series until you reach the final, and then there's another three-game series. You can lose uh, three times in, st- in the postseason, uh, not even counting the conference tournament, and still win a national title in baseball. Even more, uh, now come to think of it. I, is that more? No, it would be you can let, It'd be you, three. You can lose, you can lose you can four lose. times. You can lose once in regionals. You can lose once in super regionals. You can and lose then, in the double elimination round, and then you can lose once in the, um, best, of the best of three. Yeah, so like you can lose four times and win a national championship. You can give me a break. Like what? I'm getting triggered now. <laughs> the Ryler, the the Rylers are the Rileys now at this point. Oh, no. a ridiculous statement to say that you could in a tournament where you can lose four times. It's a tougher tournament to win. Then a winner take all, lose, and you go home. Oh, you got to play six games, by the way, over the course of three weeks. What a load of malarkey. Gosh. Getting triggered to Bolivia just talking about it. A texter says on the Thornton's text line, John here. John here with a shorter one. Wow. Keeping it brief today, John. John here. Good morning, buddies. Wow. The Grizzlies had a dominating performance last night, but I still believe the Warriors will win the series. Have you guys been watching? We're placing bets on the NBA playoffs. We'll got to go talk to you later. I'll hit that two-team parlay um, on Tuesday. Tried to run it back last night, but actually took the the Warriors to close out Memphis. I did have the Bucks though. I got that one right, but unfortunately didn't get both of them right, John. But I've been betting here and there to very, very little success, aka Tuesday night. Yeah, I've been I've been focusing my efforts more on uh, horse racing this time of year. Uh, hit a hit a Brad Cox at Indiana Grand or what, whatever they're calling it nowadays. Um, so that was nice, and uh, got my money back at, on a race at Parks. Um, TVG, we talked about them having uh, their outage on Derby Day. They sent an email that was basically, we're sorry. Uh, and then uh, said, we're going to give you more money back specials throughout the week. So um, I, I, I've just been hopping on a few here and there. And uh, that, 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 that's scratching my gambling itch just enough because the NBA basketball has been very hit or miss for me this playoff season. Hopefully it it uh, kicks up a notch once we get to the conference finals here in a couple days or so. Yeah, I shame on TVG. Uh, we're going to do some cashback specials and some other fun games. Get the hell out of here. You all sure. are – that's a joke. Once I run out of money there, I'm never putting another dime into TVG unless Twin Spires makes it, like, difficult or complicated, in which case then, yeah, I'll just stay with TVG. But – not happy with you, TBG, and that was a lame little give back. Oh, another texter on Thornton says, Thornton's text line says, just because Louisville chokes every year doesn't mean baseball is a harder sport to win than basketball. Woo! Yeah, and it's so true. And then they always have some excuse, like, oh, they called a foul ball fair. That's why we lost. Or the umpire, their ball strikes were way off. It's always some excuse for why they we bounced out. But all that, that one was said, very funny, though. The I mean, because there was no good view of whether it was fair or foul, so they just all said that it was, I don't know, whatever they wanted it to be. Oh, and they all, it, they acted like it was all so definitive, but it was very clearly just like, you don't know. 
whatever whatever the album called was going to have to be upheld because nobody really knew. You had people that were like, I was sitting literally on top of the foul pole. And I tell you that that thing was 19 yards foul. Um, you had everybody just freaking out about that. All that being said, we while we joke, they are a significantly more successful baseball program and Kentucky needs to be better. And they have a nicer stadium now at this point. They have better facilities. And also to bring up recruiting and baseball is so disingenuous, Mike, and you're better than that. Give me a break. Recruiting and baseball, sometimes the classes that are like 18th end up being the best in the country because they didn't lose as many pros as the classes that are one, two, three, four, or five. It's just like common sports 101. And you got to, you got to know that stuff. I mean, a, a high. Do you want a good recruiting class in baseball? Yes. Is there a huge difference between number one and number thirty? You you really don't know because you don't know which players are going to bounce and which ones aren't. Oh man, this is turning into. Good. And trust me, recruiting rankings in baseball does not always mean success. Right. Let me show you, my friends, the Batcats. <laughs> Uh, Texter says, Nick, is the core of your argument a white blue chip athlete such as myself deserves a little something extra? Just checking. I don't even know what like what this is referring to. I didn't really know what it was referring to either. Yeah. Did you, I, did you have some? <laughs> did I say somebody was sneaky athletic or something? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't remember you saying that. Um, oh, maybe talking about the division, the scholarship stuff that we talked about in hour one, how they're, how maybe it's going to be unlimited scholarships. I'm sure that's in reference to that, but in yeah, what but regard, I, I'm not sure. I have no, yeah, that, whew, man, we read them all the Thornton's text line, don't we? You know, scholarships and blah, blah, blah. I guess this person just wants to know if you think he deserves a scholarship. No, you do not. You're not good enough. Mm, that's tough. Uh, yeah. You're not a blue chip athlete. Quit lying to yourself. Last text, uh, or at least for now, I haven't checked. But, hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here. If you had the option to add a freshman Tim Couch to replace Will Levis when he leaves or a freshman Anthony Davis to replace Oscar when he leaves, which would you choose and why? Brad, <laughs> I love the out-there questions. I think I'd go with Tim Couch solely because it has been damn near impossible for UK to sign any decent high school QBs, and he was clearly the best that we've ever had. And I guess by your hypothetical, too, you'd get more Tim Couch than you would Anthony Davis. That's true. That's true. Now, um, if you were talking, like, uh, on the other hand, TJ, you could have Anthony Davis and DJ Wagner on a basketball team, like, cut down the nets. Oh, that, that would be pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that's the other side of the argument. But, you know, Kentucky's had really, 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 really good basketball players uh, throughout the John Calipari era. You've got uh, even though Davis and Oscar are the only, uh, I think, Naismith National Players of the Year, you know, Wall won one, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein and Euless were consensus All-Americans. Um, but Brad's point, overall point, is a good one in that getting quarterbacks is the most important position in football, and it's been very hard for this Kentucky program to do under Mark Stoops. So I, I think that's just why you, you do ultimately have to uh, – have to end up taking uh, the the Tim Couch option. This fun hypothetical. Love these fun hypotheticals, Brad from Bellbrook. Keep them up. Keep them up. This time. it's the time of the year for him for sure. And 
I think with having Anthony Davis in this hypothetical, you're saying you're guaranteeing basically a final four and really probably a trip to the title game. And I would say you'd have a good chance to win the championship because that's similar to what happened in 2012. Although he had good pieces around him, no reason to think he wouldn't have good pieces around him by returning in this time traveling hypothetical sort of situation. All that being said, I think Kentucky, whether through the transfer portal or recruiting, should have a good team for 2023 and 2024. Um, it seems like, you know, it's a really long ways away, and that's because it is. But they should be pretty competitive. They should be good. And that's just going off history, the fact that John Calipari generally puts together good rosters and does well on the recruiting trail. Maybe it includes a DJ Wagner. My guess is that it does. But between him and Dillingham, just get one of them and you're – got one of the you, you should have one of the better backcourts in the country with how all the chips may fall all that being said i'm still going football just for the you, you would Stability. get yeah like you get the program where it's at right now and then a quarterback that when the program was in a worse can a worse shape was able to get to new york for the heisman ceremony so, and be the number one draft pick right i i, I'm, I want to see what that equals to with the, the program. <laughs> I, I want to see what that equals in the program in today's time, what that means right now. And you know what? Maybe we'll get a, a sample of what that looks like with Will Levis. He's yeah. Popping up on mock drafts. You're going to see his Heisman odds improve. Remember to get that Heisman and Heisman bet in ASAP. Uh, also, first quarterback drafted bet. If you can find that, I haven't been able to find that yet, but I'm, I'm sure it'll probably be out there. Good value on Will Levis. It's only going to get worse. So get it in while you can. And uh, hopefully we'll profit and be rich. Ah, let's get rich, folks. Why? Why? Why not? Why not us? Uh, one final texture just said white blue chip athlete line is from blue chips. Yeah, uh, missed that one a little before my time. Should probably go back and watch it just because Shaq and like I think Grant Hill and a bunch of people are in it. Oh yeah, you got to work the coach. Yeah, I need to go back and watch it. But hey, not a lot of time for movies right now. It's, also, it's, has UK not released their information for their? Bahamas trip because Jeff Goodman just released uh four you know foreign trips blah blah blah. UK Auburn's going to Israel. Oh. Loyal Chicago's going to France. Vanderbilt's going to France. Yep, still nothing from UK about their foreign trip. Also nothing NFL about. schedule release day, so be on the lookout for that. It's gonna be exciting. TJ, why don't you get Lucy to the doctor and we'll 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 take it on home. All righty, everybody have a good day. Thanks for the text into the show. See you later. See you. Hey. Justin, you have a great day. Let's win some money tonight, shall we? What are you winning money on? Because I have no idea what to win money on anymore. Everything I've known has put it to me in the last couple days. Well, you don't know horses, and so there you go. That's how you solve the problem. Send me some pony bets. I'll I'll throw them down. $2 beers. Hey, and the humidity went away. It doesn't feel like Jurassic Park outside anymore. We can do this. So, are they back to doing also, that every Thursday? To... Yes. Okay. Five is first post. I think last post is like 8.30. Awesome. Um, so, that'll be every Thursday. We've got a Downs After Dark on Saturday. Those are much more infrequent. They'll only do like two or three of those a meet. Um, gotcha. So, little PSA for our listeners out there. Also, wanted to remind everybody that every day next week, we're going to give out single-day passes to either – Bourbon and Beyond, or Louder Than Life. You choose the headliner. The sports talker, he's going to be out and about, so me and the dingus are going to be passing them out. 
Um, I've got some some guests lined up to join us for some parts of next week and uh, maybe some other fun interviews uh, in between. So stick around for that. Uh, even though the sports talker will be out, we're giving you an excuse to listen to KRC, a chance to win awesome concert tickets. Uh, and Justin, frankly, I, I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. Yep. And, and like you said, you get to choose the headliner. So pick wisely. First come, first serve. It's going to be fun. You must choose wisely. Hey, that's enough for our show today. Yep. We'll see you out at Churchill Downs tonight and be back here tomorrow morning for another edition of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Roll Sports Radio. Call. I bet your mama must have been